Hey, what's happening? This is Miles Kennedy of Alter Bridge. This is the Ruben J Show. Howdy, folks. Double J here. That's right. That's J E double L. J A double R E double T. That's double J Jeff Jarrett. Hey, it's Spencer Garrett from HBO's Winning Time The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. I'm on air. Hey, everybody, you're on air with Ruben J. That's right. And you're on air. And here's your host with Ruben J. Ruben J. And you're on air with Ruben J. Listening to the Ruben J Show, and this is Ruben J. Thank you so much for tuning in. This week, I have an absolute incredible guest. Uh, she is a, a random college student. Uh, the way that she, when I approached her about being on the podcast, she was like, "I'm just a random college kid. Like, why do you want me on your podcast?" I'm like, "Listen, you you have knowledge of something that I don't know about, and I would love to have this conversation." And so, we ended up talking a lot about. The adult entertainment industry and and the addiction to to porn, uh, but we also talked a little bit about human trafficking and and some stuff that I think is important in today's uh, culture and and, and dialogue. I, I think it's in a very important dialogue that needs to happen. So um, we'll get in that in just a second. But I just wanted real quick to uh, thank you all for being patient with me as I begin to to navigate what this podcast is going to look like moving forward. There's some great stuff coming up um, over the next couple of weeks uh, and months and, and stuff that we're going to be doing with this podcast channel. Uh, the Ruben J Show, a multimedia mouth, uh, multimedia mouth YouTube channel as well. Uh, one of the things that I want you to look out for is on on off weeks, and by what I mean by off weeks, I mean just randomly. Uh, there'll be a midweek special um, titled "Watch This" or "Stream This" uh, or or something along those lines, depending on how I watched whatever it is that I'm I'm talking to you about. Because I've, I have a movie pass type subscription to theaters, and I like to go and watch movies. I, I enjoy watching them, and a lot of times it's just a way for me to decompose and uh, decompress. Not decompose, decompress. And be able to just kind of relax for a couple of hours, uh, eat some popcorn, and not really think about it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm doing a lot. With the, this movie pass type situation, so why not turn it into content? Uh, so I'll be giving brief movie reviews uh, on this YouTube, uh, on this uh, podcast and YouTube channel, uh, as well as you know stuff that I watch on streaming. You know, um, there's stuff that I watch on on streaming platforms that I find entertaining, um, or stuff that I even hate. You know, stuff that I think that you shouldn't waste your time watching. And then I'm also going to be doing something called story time. Uh, that's going to be in, in place of a guest episode at times where I'm just going to say, hey, you know what? Here's what happened with this situation. Here's what happened when I talked to this person. Here's what happened when I worked for this organization or that organization, whatever. So uh, just keep an eye out for that stuff. It, it's going to be great. I think it's going to be a wonderful, um, wonderful new way to to be able to, um, you know, have these conversations. So um, with that Let's jump into this week's episode uh, with Becca Erickson. But before before I jump into it, do me a favor, head over to Instagram, follow the podcast on Instagram at the Ruben J Show. Do it right now. Uh, but also um, also go and and subscribe to my my YouTube channel as well uh, at the Ruben J. And then subscribe to this podcast on Apple and Spotify and wherever you listen to podcasts uh, because we need it. And leave a five star review because it helps. 
Uh, but let's let's jump into it right now. Becca Erickson. I'm being joined right now by, uh, she called herself a random college student when I approached her. Uh, please welcome to the show, Rebecca Erickson. And we're going to have a, a really interesting conversation, something that I haven't uh, really dived into on this podcast, but I think it's an important conversation. And we're going to dive into um, you know, the human trafficking aspect of, of what's going on in the world, as well as um, you know porn addiction and all that fun stuff. But real quick, Becca, why don't you tell us a little bit about you know, about yourself uh, and, and how we got to the point where you are uh, on the Ruben J show. Uh, well, first off, I am a random college student. So thank you for pointing that out. Uh, yeah, so um, I'm on TikTok. I am not a big creator or anything like that. I just kind of do it for fun. Like most people on TikTok are just for funsies. But I had made a video that was kind of like trending maybe in a specific area of my side of TikTok. And it was uh, mainly girls and they had a picture of themselves and it was um, a saying in quotes saying I think it was um, do you send which kind of refers to like sending nudes or anything like that I had put a different version where it's like uh, you're hot can I have your snapchat because I've had multiple guys like message me text me if you came up to me in the gym and would ask me for like my snapchat and I didn't I didn't even know who these guys were and I found that trend. I'm not a trendy person, but that trend really stuck out to me because it was more just like this trend was focusing more on who you are as a person. Because whenever stereotypically, not all guys, but most guys, whenever they see like a hot or like a pretty girl, most of their response is like, oh, she's cute. I want her Snapchat. I want her phone number. I want, you know, her Instagram and stuff like that. And so the trend was more just like starting out with a picture of you with a um a sentence or a quote of someone asking you, can I have your snap? Do you send blah, 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 blah. And whenever you scroll, you see photos or of the person saying, hey, I'm more than just my looks. You know, I'm more than just what you see at the gym or what you see in person or what you see on social media. And I just kept did like a whole bunch of different things of like my favorite color. And I wanted to be intentional because I'm like, I want to start soft and do like, typical things are like, oh, I like this, I like this. But when you scroll more, I wanted to get more deep and more personal, you know, because I feel like everyone is so surface level these days and they refuse to be known on a deeper level because they don't want to be seen deeper and more relational than, than most people in this generation. And they want to show you like their perfect picture of what an Instagram looks like, what their daily life looks like. But to get to know someone, to get to know their passions, their characters, their drives, what really keeps them going. And so one of those slides, I just casually put, you know, I hate the pornography industry and it is related to sex trafficking and it's just too correlate and the two relate to one another and not thinking much of it, you know, because I see some people talk about pornography and, and sex trafficking. And so I put it on there and then it got maybe like a few hundred likes and then all of a sudden you text me on my, on my TikTok and you're like, oh my gosh, this would be a great conversation starter for my podcast. I'm just like, wait, really? <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah. I like caught me so off guard. Cause I'm like, first off, 
I'm a random college student from Florida. All right. Never been on a podcast in my life. I've listened to a lot of podcasts and I have a podcast listener, but never been on podcast before. And I did not think anyone, I mean, I, I believed it, but I didn't think anyone would actually like reach out to me being like, Hey, let's actually talk about this. You know, cause some people on TikTok have an attention span of a goldfish. Yeah. They see a video for like five, 10 seconds and then they just keep scrolling. And then if you ask them, if there was an impacting video they saw 20 minutes ago on TikTok, they probably couldn't tell you. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you my side of the story was, is it, I get I I, uh, I was scrolling and I put my phone down and this that video just kept playing over and over again so I didn't even see the beginning slide all I saw was the one about human trafficking I'm like oh that's interesting and then it went right back to like I'm like oh that's a weird transition but I'm like that is a very interesting conversation because I I think that you know we have the the beauty of being in America where you don't think about stuff like human trafficking and sex trafficking being a dominant issue like you would yeah. in say Mexico or Africa or even maybe in, even in Europe where mm -hmm. it's a very well-known thing and in some some of those countries it's it's not only well known it's accepted it's a form of yeah. of business and the sad part is there's there is a giant market in America for sex trafficking of young women and we're seeing yeah. this trend going up and up and up of women being targeted at grocery stores and mm -hmm. you know at the gym and by themselves and all this other stuff. So I wanted to have that conversation and then that kind of dived in into you talking about how you have um, kind of a passion project of educating people on, on the effects of porn. And, mm -hmm. and that to me is also another important topic because as a one-time young man, um, you know, I, I just hit 30, so I'm no longer a young man, Oof, but you're getting up there in age. you see all the whites in my hair. Um, <laughs> porn was and is a big thing that I know I myself struggled with and mm -hmm. I know a lot of people my age and younger are dealing with and I think I think it's so easily accessible so let's let me let me start off by asking this conversation to, uh, asking this question to you to start this conversation is you know how how is it that sex trafficking and and pornography work hand in hand because I, I believe there is a key thing in there and I've done very minimal research on this <laughs> like I've just read the headlines of what you sent me um so, so tell me a little bit about that like like tell me what you know about about the two how they go hand in hand and and why and also why it's an important topic for you yeah um so I just want to set the record straight I'm not a professional by any means I have 20 years of experience in life so I'm not coming at this from like a uh, professional standard i'm not getting paid to do this like it's something that just i feel like should be talked about and discussed um and so kind of referring back to how the two are related um i read like a whole bunch of articles um one of my sisters i'm the youngest of five girls by the way oh, so i your poor dad <laughs> my dad actually loves it but um i'm the youngest of five girls so i got four older sisters and one of the one of my sisters she used to live in Fort Myers and she was part of this project called Path to Freedom. And I don't know if it's based out of Fort Myers, but it is a organization nonprofit that is dedicated to get women out of the sex trafficking um, industry. And so um, when she would do that, she did this um, fundraiser, it's called Dress December. So every December through Path to Freedom, she would raise money by wearing a dress every single day of the month of December. And I think one time she raised like two three thousand dollars or something like that ruthie if you're listening to this i have no idea how much money you raise you raise that's an estimate but like she raised 
a lot of money and all that money she donated to Path to Freedom and all that money goes into helping women get out of the, women and girls get out of the uh, sex trafficking industry. Um, so um, basically how porn is tied to human sex trafficking is essentially there's websites like OnlyFans, you know, where like people are exposed to these videos you have to pay money for um, or adult videos as people like to censor it. And so um, pornography can be tied to sex trafficking in a ways where like more people consume pornography, the more the sex trafficking industry benefits from that because they're like, we need more and more people to help with our, to help quote unquote with our projects. And basically there's high demand for these people. And so the more pornography is consumed, brainlessly consumed by people who are watching it, the more people are infected by human trafficking and the higher risk is, you know, I live on the west side of um, Florida, so I'm pretty close to Tampa Bay and Tampa is like the highest place for sex trafficking in the state of Florida. Like it is massive. And I didn't know about that until like maybe a few months ago. You know, when I was doing more research and I'm just reading these articles in a, a, a college class and I'm just like, wait, what, really? And so um, it might change. It might have changed recently. But like, you know, the biggest place of sex trafficking hub in my state, I live like an hour from. You know, and you said that there's there's incidents of girls like going to Walmart or sketchy places and they think that they're safe and they're by themselves and they got pepper spray, they got knives and whatever. But it's just like. You, you don't realize how serious of a problem it is until you've expo- experienced it personally or you've met somebody who was um, drawn into that personally. And so it's just, it can get really crazy of how drastic and the effects pornography has on people, not just mentally, but also just like, that's what feeds human trafficking industry is oh more people keep watching porn more people keep making money cool we need more and more videos we need more and more content to give to these websites and that's like a loose that's like a loose um, um overview of how the two are connected but it's just like the more and more and more people consume the higher the demand is so i as you were talking i google searched uh the top 10 or you know i, I kept i googled human trafficking capital of the US. And yeah. so this article from easylama.com, I don't know how, how credible it is, but it, it makes sense. They gave me the top 10 cities in the United States, uh, Tampa, Florida, uh, New York, Los Angeles, Washington, Chicago, Las Vegas, which isn't, mm-hmm. it's one of the places where sex work is, is legal in, in yeah. Nevada. Um, Atlanta, Columbus, Dallas, and San Diego are the top 10 mm-hmm. cities. And so, the interesting thing for me when it comes to um, the the adult entertainment side of things is how easily accessible it is for a random person to just get into it. But also, yeah. like like as a performer, you know, and I use the word performer loosely um, mm-hmm. because you know there is an entertainment aspect to it. But the one thing that I didn't know in in the height of my um, you know porn intake was how many of those girls weren't doing it necessarily a hundred percent out of their own like yeah. will and want, you know? And mm-hmm. so I, I'm a, I have a friend, I'm not going to mention her name. Um, but it, just because she has a new life now and she's doing wonderful and I'm very proud of her for escaping the life, but she got into mm-hmm. porn accidentally, you know, yeah. like she, she had a friend that went to go audition 
And the producer was like, well, hey, you're actually kind of hotter than your friend is. Why don't you audition? Which in my head, I'm like, that's such a creepy thing. Like, yeah. can, can you imagine? <laughs> like, no. Like, can you, can you imagine showing up to, you know, an audition where you are, where your, your friend's expected to like get naked and do all these acts on camera. Yeah. And then the producer's like, hey, how about you also jump in it? Like, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's an immediate red flag. Immediate red flag. Yeah, and so she then talked talked about how her entire time while she was on set was she was high and drunk and, you know, constantly having it. And so, to me, I didn't realize that most of these women who and they were young girls, they're like eighteen years old, seventeen years old when they're getting yeah. like entrapped in this, are doing it because it's all they know, you mm-hmm. know. And it was something that they fell into accidentally, um, and so. I want to jump into that in just a second, but you know, do you know of any, any things that, that young women should look out for as far as, you know, cause we live in a world where everything's connected. And so I, I feel like even like the dating apps are like a good place for people to get trapped into yeah. to being trafficked. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, going to Walmart, going to the gym, are there things that you know of that, that young women should be looking out for in that, that could be potential red flags, whether it be going on a date with somebody or just shopping or, or any of any of those things? And, and I know you're not a professional, but what you know, what advice may you you might have for, for people who, who find themselves in those situations? Yeah, um, yeah no, I'm not a professional whatsoever. <laughs> and I don't think you're going to find any uh, any predators at the gym, because if a girl is going to the gym, she's going to the gym to either get fit or to lose weight. And most of the time, it's like they could probably beat your butt. So you're not finding any defenseless girls at the gym. <laughs> that's why I go. Um, <laughs> that's part of why I go. But um, so... Um, there's, I think I'm sending a few resources, but, um, there's fight the new drug, which is a nonprofit, non-religious organization that is dedicated to, um, basically, uh, educating people on the negative effects of pornography and how that's tied to human trafficking. And they just give facts. They go off of facts. Um, they go off of personal experiences that people come in and actually tell them, you know, from their side of the story, what was going on. So, and from finding a drug and a few other organizations that I kind of follow and keep up with about most of the time, how girls or even guys, because sometimes guys get dragged into this. Most of the time people will get trafficked by people that they trusted the most mm. so so when people are like saying oh you know like i'm not gonna get trafficked because you know i got pepper spray when i go to walmart or i can like i can bench press like 120 at the gym like it's totally fine meanwhile there's girls whose stories will say when i was trafficked one i didn't know it because like you said it's all that i knew and it's all that i was aware of and two it was I trusted somebody, whether it was a boyfriend of six months or it was a friend of a friend and I trusted my friends and stuff like that. So it was people that they knew personally who had got him into it. I read a story on, um, I think it was a uh, drug or maybe it could have been past the freedom website, but it was a story about how a girl was telling her story of how she got involved with it. And she was about 14 years old and she was approached by a guy that she knew on a personal level and you know she was like saying he was like saying hey i want these things from you but i don't have the money can we go to this place and you um have sex with my friend and then i'll like provide for you and it was and she was 14 years old you know and it's like one when you're that young you're not mentally 
capable of knowing the difference between who to trust and who not to trust. You know, people can be super sweet to you and they can be super nice to you and they can be peddling you off to like guys to sleep with and they'll provide for you, but that's not taking care of you. Yeah. And by any means, that's not showing that they love you, that they respect you, that they see you as an actual human being. They see you as someone who makes them money. And the only benefit is that you don't have to pay them like actual, like, money like they get money from you and so saying first off that like most girls who who go through that they are trafficked by people that they trusted i'd say quote unquote people that they knew personally the other time it's yeah it's probably from like people who approach them like hey you're really good looking um want to do this and you can make some really good money or you know people are in desperate situations to where if they're 16 17 18 and they're by themselves or they're financially not stable and they just need a job sometimes in desperate situations people will go to this yeah it's just because they need the money and they and they don't really think about how mentally damaging or emotionally damaging that could be and they treat their their bodies like it's it's an ordinary thing like this is something that is makes me money you know and it's really really sad and it makes me really upset but i also know that most of these girls have, like if any of them, guys and girls who are exposed to sex trafficking or even like in the porn business where they have to perform, they are taken advantage of, whether they are aware of it or not, you know? Mm -hmm. And even if it's like a minor, like fun fact, if you're, if you're a minor, you cannot consent to having sex with an adult. Like if it, if you even, if the minor says like, hey, I still want this, that's not legal still. You know? and most most states two minors can't consent to having sex with each other either so oh, yeah so it's like it's 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 weird i've i have i have heard of stories of girls who are 16 17 years old they're dating older guys because you know whatever they happen to their friends happen to be older their sisters happen to be, whatever you mm -hmm. know and it's like you, you realize that you you legally can't consent yeah. In general, to anything, you can't consent to anything because you're you're a child. Like you can't enter mm -hmm. a contract to go work someplace without your parents signing off on it. You know. So, mm -hmm. like, but when it comes to sexual acts, like it's it's clear. Like there's there's a line in the United States: you have to be 18 years or older, you have to be considered an adult to be able mm -hmm. to consent into sexual acts. If you're having sex with somebody who's 18 and you're 17, that person who you're having sex with, you, you're putting them in a lot of danger if you are yeah. saying yes to that. And second yeah. of all, guys and girls, uh. If you're dating somebody who's under the age of, of 18 and you're like 18, 19 years old. No bueno. It, it's no bueno. I don't listen. I, I was listening to somebody the other day. I was at a, at a, at a Panera and they were talking about this. They're like, oh my God, this girl is 16 and she's dating a 19 year old. I'm like, that's not necessarily weird yeah. if you know, if they started dating when they were both under, you know, like if she was 15 mm -hmm. and he was 16 or whatever, 17, and then he turned 18 and they start, like, however that started, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be weird just because there's an age yeah. difference. Yeah. The weirdness comes is when he's, when, when the older person starts pressuring the, the younger person to start being mm -hmm. active, yeah. you know? And so that to, I'm reading some of these statistics here, and this is a scary, a very sad statistic here that human trafficking is a $150 billion industry worldwide. Yeah. $150 billion. From what I, uh, what I learned is that the sex trafficking and pornography industry makes more money than an NFL, NH NHL, and NBL combined. That's crazy. Like it, it makes more money than like the biggest, the three biggest like sports industries in our country.
Like it is that massive. That's absolutely, absolutely crazy. And, and so, and again, I just want to clarify, you know, Becca isn't a professional. She's just somebody who, who's knowledgeable in, in this. And I wanted to bring somebody on here that, that knows a little bit about this um, because I know nothing about it, but this is something that that's become more and more of a, of a, of a, of an of interest point for me. Oh my gosh. I only have yeah. 10 minutes left on this thing. Uh, if, by the way, if we need to, uh, if, we, if, if we run out of time, we'll just do another zoom setup and we'll, 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 we'll cool. keep this thing going. Um, but the one thing that I'm, I'm interested in hearing your take on is, mm-hmm. okay, so let me, let me back up to 25 year old me. Okay. So a couple of years ago, this was my mindset was, Hey, you know what? There's a beautiful girl and she's broke and she wants to make money. Mm-hmm. Let her go show her tits out and make some money doing it. Like let her go to the strip club and dance mm-hmm. and, and do her thing and make some money. Cause it's her, it's her body. She can do what she wants with it because she, at the end of the day, she's really the only person who is, is hurt by it. Okay. Yeah. Fast forward to the pandemic and literally everybody and their mothers is starting up an only fans. Mm-hmm. And my mindset was still kind of like, well, it's her body. Like if, if somebody's dumb enough to pay 10 bucks a month to, yeah. you know, to then get conned into paying more money to see her, her naked, then that's between the two of them. Mm-hmm. But as I've, as I've committed my life more and more to, 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 you know, reconnecting with my faith, I'm mm-hmm. learning that that's not the way obviously that God designed human to be like man, man and woman to be. Yeah. Um, but I still believe in people being able to, as adults consent into what they want to want to do. Cause I'm mm-hmm. a, I'm a pure blooded American and I believe in that, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it doesn't make it right, you know, and it yeah. doesn't make it okay for, for women to be, or men really, um, to be selling themselves in, in that way. And yeah. so you're a young woman and you're in a, you're in a, you know, in that age group where it's like, y'all can make good money bartending or working at a restaurant, whatever, make decent cash, but mm-hmm. life is also expensive. Um, yes. you know, how are you able to, to sit there and be able to like be so against, you know, the adult, industry and, and and take this this stance so publicly and not worry about what other people you're because it's it's your age demographic that are saying let them do what they want this yeah. is great porn is great for 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 <laughs> it's great for for uh um what's what's the phrase they use women women empowerment it's great for women yeah. empowerment. and mm-hmm. I, by the way i think the men have won this war the men have won <laughs> the war on women empowerment just fyi but, but <laughs> How, how are you able to do that? Cause it takes a lot of, a lot of guts to do that. Uh, yeah. So it kind of hinges off with, um, I'm also a Christian, so I'm not here to please people. Amen. <laughs> I'm not here. I am not like, God did not put me on this earth to, to please people. You know, I, I love helping people out and I love encouraging people and I love making people feel loved. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to compromise my faith just because you're uncomfortable, you know, cause that's the whole point of, of, of being comfortable is conviction and feeling guilty about something. Um, and you wouldn't know if it was wrong or not, unless someone pointed out to you, or you just really sat on and chewed on about it. So, you know, and I know so many people, like when I say so many people, I think a handful and I've met, you know, I'm in college, I'm a sophomore in college. So I have experienced a few people in my class who are openly public saying, Oh yeah, I watch porn. You know, it, it calms me down and like, you know, it settles my brain and stuff like that. And, and deep down, I'm just like, there's, there's a part of me that, 
you know, telling people what to do with their lives is not going to get them to change their mind. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the whole thing where um, I feel like a lot of us as Christians, we failed when it comes to loving people well, is we're so busy telling people what to do with their lives that we neglect to realize that there are people struggling, struggling with their own problems and their own feelings and bashing them over the head with a Bible or with a hammer is not going to do it. You know, what I love about the organization for the new drug is they're not pressuring people to donate or to do anything. They're giving you information and letting you do with it what you will. Yeah. You know, they're, they're telling you saying, this is what happens when you consume porn. This is what happens. Or they, they get like videos of testimonies of women or guys who were involved in sex trafficking and porn industry, giving them your story. And then they let you decide what you want and make wise decisions with what you want to do. And so it's just something as drastic as pornography and sex trafficking and something that's so horrifying and mentally like it's really hard to because it's like it's makes like billions of dollars like more than most sports businesses and yet people are consuming it and it's become so normal to talk about you watching pornography and it's become less normal to understand that that's not healthy mm-hmm. you know like and by the new drug Again, I'm not sponsored. They didn't tell me to do this. This is just a good website to go check out. But they're a non-religious organization. It's not affiliated with with Christianity or Buddhism or any kind of religion. They just spit the facts, which tells me that it's not just Christians that care about people's bodies or the way that you're perceived as others, but it's secular businesses that Mm -hmm. also care. Like if, if secular businesses are pointing out saying, hey, listen, pornography is a problem because this and this and this, it's not just us Christians that are telling you or encouraging you that what this is going on, it's not healthy. It's not, it's not right. You know? So it's like, people aren't going to always blame Christians for, Oh, you're telling me I can't be a stripper. I can't do this and this. I can't sleep around because you're a Christian. Well, they're not just Christians out there that are exposing what's going on with pornography and sex trafficking. And it's just, it's just really like hard to talk to people about this because they always want to defend it because they're like, oh, you don't know what they're going through. And I'm like, they could be going, they could be struggling with pornography. They could be struggling with lustful images. They could be harming their marriage or their relationship because they keep looking at or watching an explicit TV show on Netflix or if with girls, you know, reading very um, smutty books that look innocent on the say, outside. You say smutty? Yes. Okay. So I'm on book talk. That is the word smutty and basically means like really spicy and or a lot of sexual content. In it. Yeah. Like you, book talk is getting bold. Like there are books out there that look like a Disney, Disney original film on the outside, but on the inside, it's like 50 shades of gray. Jeez. Like that's how girls are getting away with, 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 with this. Cause guys, most of the time guys have to watch porn to get off on it. Girls speaking as I am one, and I have been exposed to this in one part of my life. Girls can just read it and straight public and no one knows what they're reading. Guys can watch it, but for some reason, guys get more shamed watching it in public because that's not something that's appropriate. But yeah, girls can get away with reading okay, this money well, book in public. Let's also be, let me, I'm yeah, going to yeah, yeah, say yeah. this. Women can, women can control themselves a lot more than men can, you know, and I'm not making an excuse here. That's not an excuse as like why boys can, you know, whatever, not the boys can be boys type of a thing, but like, 
you know, if a guy's going to watch porn, he's not just going to watch it to enjoy the cinematic mm-hmm. editing of it. He's going to be doing something that's not publicly appropriate yeah. to be doing. Yeah. Girls yeah. can sit there and listen, listen to, you know, listen to porn or w- read it, you mm-hmm. know, and not have to do anything because they can, mm-hmm. the, the women brain is very, a very powerful <laughs> thing. Yes, um, so that's, that's the reason why I just want to clarify. It's not like a thing where like, and it's also, it's not acceptable to be watching men yeah. and women get at get at it in a starbucks yeah. me, i've i've been at a starbucks and there was a guy sitting on the other side this is why i don't like this is why i like to have my back to the wall not because i'm <laughs> doing anything weird like on yeah. my computer but because like i don't want people to be looking over my shoulder but i look up and the guy's straight up watching like hardcore porn in a starbucks yeah. and i'm like yeah bro there are kids coming in and out of here left and right yeah it's, it's an interesting thing and that's that's the, the one thing that i find um that, that I've learned recently that there are a lot of there are a couple of girls on on TikTok who have come out um, and talked about their their addiction to porn, mm-hmm. and it's one of those things. So first of all, I never thought that you could actually be addicted to porn. When I was younger, I never thought you can be addicted to porn because it's like I can watch if I want to watch it. I, I don't have to watch yeah. if I don't 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 want to watch it. But then I found myself like needing to watch it, not needing to watch mm-hmm. it, but not being able to sleep as well if I didn't, you yeah. know. And it was like one of those things where I'm like. After a while, I'm like, okay, no, I, this is definitely an addiction. If it's not like, if I'm not craving it, like most people crave drugs and alcohol, but if mm-hmm. I can't go to sleep without, you know, watching a scene, you know, yeah. like that's a problem. Mm-hmm. I never thought of it as an addiction before that moment, but I never thought women struggled with it. Yeah. And maybe it's because women don't talk about it as, as often. Um, and because I think, I think it's normalized for women to express themselves through these through like adult entertainment you know mm-hmm. like if you think about this might be a little, a little bit too old for you but <coughs> magic mike like 10 years ago like it was a thing of honor if women went out and watched magic mike together and i've heard that some raunchy stuff happened in the theaters while watching that movie <laughs> uh, 50 shades of gray like if you didn't go watch it you were you were a prude you yeah. know and now I'm I'm seeing more and more young women come out and say, "Listen, I struggled with porn. Women mm-hmm. struggle with porn as well. Like, mm-hmm. stop stigmatizing and stop shaming women for saying that they struggle with porn." Yeah. Um, wh- what's your take on that? Because I'm very curious. At, you know, you you being a woman, you know, um, d- just yeah, just what's your what's your take on that? <laughs> so yeah, um, uh, I grew up in the church, and so. That's how all great conversations start. But <laughs> it's getting for so, a podcast. I grew up in the it, church. Dot, dot, dot. I grew up in a church. It's a great church, I promise. But um, so, and growing up in a church, you hear a lot of people say their testimonies where it was things that they struggled with, whether it was it was alcohol, it was drugs, and stuff like that. And I would go to these youth conferences where guys would go up on stage and they would preach um, the gospel, but they also talk about like, you know, Jesus saved me from this. He saved me from pornography and, and like these lustful images and ideas and, and passions and stuff like that. And I heard a lot of guys be bold and brave and say, this is a part of the story that's changed my life. And I am so glad I'm free from this or it's a battle that like I've won. Sometimes you backslide or sometimes you lose, but it's a continuous battle. It takes a lot of energy to, to keep fighting and to, to not give in. But I did not hear a lot of girls talk about, oh, I, I struggle with pornography. And like, I, like, 
I, I struggled with this because again, when I was younger, the, that wasn't talked about in the church, you know, like I was told sex is a good thing inside of marriage. And if you have sex outside of marriage, there's going to be a lot of like consequences or like a lot of, you know, you have consequences for actions, whether good or bad, whether that's maybe getting an STD or maybe that's, you know, giving birth to a child and the father wasn't ready to commit to that and he just leaves, you know? So there's like, that's what I, I came to my own preface or my own understanding about growing up in the church. And it was just kind of like, well, guys talked about it and they talked about their struggles and I hear many girls talk about it. And I was like, I wonder, I wonder why can girls get addicted? Can they like, can they have the same thing? Like you said, the bodily autonomy of a guy and a girl is completely different, you know? Like, so that's the way that God created us. I'm like, can girls get addicted? And so, you know, TikTok is dangerous, <laughs> but also it's very yes. informal sometimes. So I'm going on TikTok and I'm seeing so many girls who are Christians that grew up in the church and they're coming out with stories of like, yeah, I struggled with this. I struggled with this. I, I didn't go on OnlyFans and, and watch these videos, but I just got off by watching Bridgerton on Netflix or reading smutty books, you know, in, in public or in private, you know, it's like, it, it's those kind of things, you know, and you don't have to go on OnlyFans to get addicted to pornography. Like it, first off, like, I'm going to be very like transparent. When I was 12, I was exposed to a very raunchy scene. <laughs> and um, I worked at a Christian camp in North Carolina and I spoke to my students about this. And I think I worked for 13 weeks um, and about maybe five of those six weeks, I had a camper come up to me and tell me that they were struggling with pornography after I told them that I, that I was exposed to this at 12, mm. you know, I didn't go on, on, on raunchy websites, you know, cause I'm like, Ooh, that's really illegal. I like, that's really bad. But I didn't know that it was bad enough if you're watching like explicit, like explicit scenes off Netflix and then book, book talk becomes a thing. And there's so many girls that, that, that promote or talk about these, Oh my gosh, these are like five pepper spicy books that like everyone who's a book nerd is reading. And I'm just like, I really don't want to touch that with a 10 foot pole because I know I'm a really weak human being. <laughs> and if, if, if I got into the trap at 12 years old, accidentally stumbling upon a video off of YouTube, God knows what's going to happen. If I touch a book, you know, mm. because you, all you have to see is one scene and then it's in your brain. Like you can't get it out of your head. And I think that's why some people are addicted to pornography is because like you said, some, they get to a point where they depend on it. Like they have to get their fix to get, to feel these emotions, to feel physically like getting, like getting off on it. You know, that's why some people are addicted to alcohol and drugs because they've rewired their brain to think that they need this, Yeah. you know, and it's become so normalized that it's, it's, it's dangerous, like to our brains and to our relationships, whether romantic relationships or not, it's still really dangerous. Because when you're exposed to, to so much sexual content, it starts to get to a point where you see somebody, and it could be a friend, it could be someone on the street, you don't know, and you start to, to think things in your brain that you can't get out of. Yeah, you know, and it's a really hard battle to climb. And at first, it was, it's a really shameful thing to talk about and that's why a lot of people i feel like in the church specifically are really scared to mention i struggled with pornography i struggled with sexual like thoughts and like lustful ideas you know because in the church we've gotten a bad habit of shaming too many people for their for their actions or for their things that they did 
And we haven't gotten to a point where we're getting better, thank God, but we're getting to a point where like, it's not our position to judge what you struggled with or you not struggled with, you know? Like Jesus calls us to love our neighbor more than ourselves, you know? And it's not in my position to judge anybody because I've struggled probably with the same situation and the same problem. And, but the thing is, is like Christians say that this is bad and then our world normalizes it saying, oh no, it's fine. Like you could read a five pepper spicy book that you watched off of TikTok and it's fine. Or you can watch 50 Shades of Grey. Like it's normal now, you know? Like they're normalizing sexual content to where like 13 or 14 year olds could be talking about this in a school when yeah. they shouldn't be exposed to this like at all, like when they're 13, 14 years old. So I feel like it starts with, trying to it is a shameful thing to talk about and when i talked to my cameras about this i was really embarrassed to talk to them about this but god told me you know like this is something that i am working you through this is something i'm helping you out through and if you don't tell these girls what you struggled with and how are they going to relate to you and how are they going to tell you things that they might be struggling with yeah like i never knew any of my girls at camp were struggling with this until after i told them in a day later they come up to me and they tell me and they're ashamed and they bring all the shame and this guilt. They're like, I didn't even told my parents, you know, like, but the fact that I was open enough to them speaks volume. So it starts with being honest and it starts with being transparent because that's what gets people to have these honest, open-ended conversations saying, this is what is harmful. And it's, it is okay if you struggled with it, but like, you cannot, you cannot justify your actions because everyone else is doing it. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. And that's, that's the thing that I like. So I, I listen to a lot of, and this isn't me pushing any political beliefs on anybody, just FYI, I just want to point that out there. But I do listen to a lot of Ben Shapiro. And he, he, he says a lot of times, he's like, the patriarchy has done a great job of convincing women that their empowerment comes from showing off their bodies. Oh yeah, you know, and 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 I'm, that's really one. Of the, like when I first heard, heard him say that, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was that was a, a eye opener for me because like, what do you hear all the time that mm -hmm. women can be as sexually free as they want? Yeah, you know, like men don't get judged for how many women they've slept with. Women do. That shouldn't mm -hmm. ha that shouldn't happen. Like yeah. women shouldn't be judged by the amount of people that they sleep with. You know, mm -hmm. and all of this over the last 30 or 40 years of like freeing the woman has really has really given people, given men the opportunity to get everything they ever wanted without mm -hmm. the consequences of being sleazy men. Because yeah, now women feel like they have to chase. I'm going to be very crass here. Women <laughs> feel like they have to chase dick in order to feel whole mm -hmm. because men have been able to to trick him in to thinking that that's what men want. And yeah. now it's funny. The tables have turned a little bit. There's studies mm -hmm. starting to come out that men want committed relationships before they jump into bed with a woman. Yeah. And women don't women just want to sleep with somebody and feel mm -hmm. that momentary, um, you know, connection that mm -hmm. is gone the next day. So all that yeah. to say, you know, I, I'm, I'm really just, I'm curious because, you know, again, in my the height of me using porn, I haven't consumed porn on a regular basis in over two almost two years now, you know. And and I I I blame my girlfriend for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't blame her. I thank her for that because I've gotten into a committed relationship and decided I don't need porn uh, yeah. anymore. And that's really what started. And, and of course, you know, all glory to God for, for putting that all into, into order. Um, so, but I was always of the mindset of like, you can have a healthy relationship and a healthy porn intake, but mm-hmm. I'm hearing you can't. <laughs> no. <laughs> Again, I'm not a professional at all, but reading articles and talking to people who have had porn addictions or maybe who were in the pornography business, it's, it's like, like I mentioned, pornography rewires your brain to get Mm -hmm. to an addiction point. So if you're watching pornography in your relationship, watching pornography, depending, I mean, all porn is is bad at the end of the day, but it's like, it's gone to a point where it's gone really aggressive like mm-hmm. BDM, like B, like whatever the freaking acronym is for that. I don't know. But like there's a BDSM. Like, BDSM. There you go. Where it gets really. Don't aggressive. ask how I know that. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to question it. No, we, we, actually we, we had a seminar at, at work yesterday and that was part of the, uh, the topic was BDSM porn. I'm just like, yeah, why are we doing this at work? Exactly. <laughs> but so when you're watching stuff like that in general, you are creating these unrealistic expectations for your partner for your, for your spouse, for your significant other. And so if you like you're married and stuff and see if like, see like if I was married to a guy and the guy didn't know that I had struggled with pornography or like I was continuously doing it throughout our marriage, I don't blame him for being more hesitant to wanting to sleep with me because I've consumed my brain so much sexual content that's become unrealistic and it's not healthy because me being a Christian, I'm not brainwashed, I promise, but God intended sex to be a good thing inside of the marriage. Okay, can I can I pause you for one second? Yeah. Okay, so uh, do you know who Pan- Pastor Pancho Juarez is? No. Okay, he's he's a pastor out here in California. He's one of the mega church pastors out here. Ah. Great pastor. Um, but he taught on on brainwashing. Mm-hmm. And he you know, and he he says, you know, when it comes to the Christian faith, it's like what's wrong with washing your brain? Because there's so much filth in our brain. Mm-hmm. So just FYI, but go ahead. Keep, keep going. Keep <laughs> just, going. Uh, just side note. Yeah, complete um, side note. I might edit that out. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? But yeah, so it's like we've, 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 we've exposed, overexposed our brain content to wanting to consume all of this sexual content to where it's not become intimate with our partner anymore. You know, it's getting so easy now and then to go on Netflix and watch a really raunchy TV show, whether it be Bridgerton or you know, any other like, like sexual movie or, or TV show, or even a book to where it's not become sacred anymore. It's not become something really personal. And I watched a sermon and I don't remember, I don't remember who did it now to look back on it, but he did this and out, he did this, um, um, kind of used a prop as pineapples. So he kind of compared sex to pineapples and it starts off really weird, but he talked about how like it back in the 15, 1600s when pineapples were first discovered people in the Europe were like, Oh my gosh, this is like amazing. Like people would pay thousands of bucks to touch a pineapple or to see a pineapple in person. It was like really odd, but it's because they'd never experienced it before. It was so rare. And now we've gotten to a point where in our culture now, pineapple is canned because we've gotten so much of it that now we're not paying a thousand bucks to touch it. We're paying like 99 cents plus tax to get it in chunk form in a can. And we've treated sex like that. We've treated sex like, oh, we've overexposed ourselves to where if people are saying, oh, I slept with that person, it doesn't become special anymore. 
because we've done it outside of marriage. We've done it outside of a moment that God meant for it to be intentional and to be purposeful and to be beautiful. And we've turned it into a form where now you can easily access it on Netflix or, you know, Amazon Prime or Hulu is this because our culture has so normalized it to where it's it's not special anymore. It's just, oh, they just slept together. It's fine. It doesn't mean anything, you know? And that's what that's what bothers me so much is like when you say sex doesn't mean anything, when the one who created sex, it says it's beautiful and it's meaningful. And we culture has turned it upside down and to distort it in a way of, oh, it doesn't mean much, but you can pay us to get off on it because apparently it means something to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting take, you know, and, and that's, that's the other thing too is, so I mentioned, you know, I work for a Christian university and, um, every month they have this, this workshop that is mandatory for all the employees and students to attend. Mm-hmm. And the one, the topic on this, this last one was, was about, you know, godly marriage, but the guy diverted into a very long portion of his talk about porn. I'm actually going to try to get him on the podcast to talk Ooh. about marriage a little bit more um, mm-hmm. because it was an interesting, interesting chat. But the one thing that he mentioned that stood out to me was, and, and you kind of mentioned it too, is that you're creating these unrealistic expectations. And he talked about the, the BDSM portion of adult entertainment and that that increasingly more and more violent content in general but when it becomes sexualized as well you're putting in there in your mind that as you know i'm for the for the women that oh men like rough sex Mm -hmm. and they want to be beating me up while we're sleeping together and Mm -hmm. men are it so the way that it was explained to me was that like basically when you first start watching porn it's easy to get off on it because it's very simple but then after a while, your dopamine levels, and you need more and more dopamine to get off on it. So you need something a little bit more exciting. And yeah. so that's where you start out with pretty basic stuff. And then you get into, you know, some of the more gruesome stuff. And then eventually you're finding yourself that you can't get off on on anything other than super hardcore porn. And then you find yourself yeah. wanting to do that to your partner mm-hmm. or you being expected as a woman to just take that or dish it out yeah. and so and the reason and, and I'm, I'm asking it in this way because you know you're you're a woman and you're able to to talk about this on on the woman's perspective is you know do you do you feel yourself you know being kind of conformed to like this idea of what men want in like today's day where it becomes like they don't just want you know the cute girl who goes to church on sundays and wears a cute dress and is gonna make a good mom like they <laughs> want they want that freak and it's like a weird thing do you do you find yourself being pressured into trying to conform to that and i know you said you're not here to please people but you, there's still the pressure there yeah oh oh most definitely um gosh i feel like my generation more than ever is being pressured to do these things that everyone expects you to do mm-hmm. and that that bothers me <laughs> because it's just like like you said like i'm not here to please people god did not put me on this earth to please people um and yeah, there's, there's definitely pressure, you know, or it's just like, I go to like a college and mind you, I've never been in a committed relationship before, but I have seen friends and relationships based off of something really trivial, really small things, or just like the guy expected her to be this, 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 this cookie cutter version of a girlfriend or vice versa. This girl was using this guy because she wanted 
to have a boyfriend because you didn't want to be lonely or maybe she was just a player and she just like wanted to have a constant boyfriend to where it doesn't mean anything and it's just like you see this happen continuously in high school and in college and and it breaks my heart but I've never I felt the pressure but giving in is like not something that I'm ready to do because I'm not going to risk I am, I am not going to fit into the mold of what society thinks that I should act or I should talk about or I should do all of these things, you know? Like, I feel like there is, there's definitely a toxic part of feminist movement, you know, where it's just like, I talk to some hardcore feminists and they think guys are completely trash, you know? No offense to all the guys listening <laughs> or to you, but like, I'm like, no, like guys aren't trash. It's because you only met guys that only use you or probably didn't like you, or you probably were exposed to like, that's had TikTok or social media where people frame guys to where they're the bad guys in a situation if someone breaks up with them, you know? Now there's definitely some guys that are, can can be like that, can take advantage of girls, can take advantage of, of other people they care about. Um, they're not good human beings, but it's unfair for us as women to categorize all guys as trash because because we've seen one bad example or one bad relationship turn out a certain way. And so people, I feel like I'm more pressured to think that all guys are trash and all guys are just using girls in our generation because the feminist movement has become so hostile to where, you know, like chivalry has become dead at this point because guys are too scared to open up a door for girl because they want to get yelled at. It's not because they don't, that they want to be nice to you, but it gets to a point where like, yeah, we girls can, we can do stuff ourselves, but you know, there's something nice about a guy opening door for you. There's something nice about a guy opening a car door for you. There's something nice and wholesome and kind. And if guys are super nice or really old school, as some people say, then anyone who looks at that and looks at it and thinks of it as weird, it's not because that's not normal to them. Yeah, They, they see guys who want to have rough sex or they want to see guys as the bad the bad boys or who are like you know i can fix him tropes you know they want to see those kind of people but at the same time they're villainizing guys because all they've seen is just bad stuff about guys like oh they just want to use me for my body oh they just want to do this because i'm pretty they want to have a trophy wife all of that so i feel like there's more pressure for girls to hate guys than there is the opposite you know like honestly, if if I get if or when I get married and I end up having a job and raising like four kids in my household and my husband goes off to work and we have a not so perfect relationship, but one that is dedicated to loving our children well and loving each other well and loving God well, then and if I'm seen as a stereotypical cookie cutter mom because I'm taking care of my children and loving my husband well, then that's fine with me. But like in our culture has become so normalized to do everything independently to where you don't need to like rely on a guy. And I'm saying that in both ways, sarcastically and real, you don't need to rely on another person to be happy. But I'm not saying that all guys are trash or garbage just because you've seen someone in a bad situation and you just assume, I think it's unfair for both the guys and the girls' perspectives. Yeah, well, if you, if you look at, you know, the, the book of Genesis, you know, God pretty much lays out the fact that man being by himself is not, not good. Mm-hmm. He said everything that he created was good except for man being by himself. Mm -hmm. And he gave Adam Eve for a reason, you know? And I'm not saying, and and that's a constant conversation that's happening now is that like, you know, what does the Bible mean when it says, you know, women submit to your husband, you know, like 
that could really mean a bunch of different things, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I believe that it just means that men should be the spiritual leaders of the household. Yeah. That doesn't mean that, you know, hey, woman, make me a sandwich because I'm a man, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It could be just, what I think it means is like, when your husband comes to you and say, hey, let's pray about something, yeah. pray about it. You know, yeah. like, I don't think that there is like, I, I used to think that like, yeah, I, would, I want my, my wife to stay home with the kids and raise the kids and, and be that, mm-hmm. that, that mom. But now I'm also being like, Hey, you know what? If, if she had a job that mm-hmm. made more money than I did, and it made more yeah. sense for me to be the stay at home dad. And, and, mm-hmm. and that was what the Lord had for us in that season. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong yeah. with the woman being the breadwinner. Um, but I, <laughs> I, I feel like there's so much going on in our culture that me, men in particular are under attack, mm-hmm. you know, like being manly is under, like, let me give men just some advice here right now (laughs) some free advice some free advice and this is free open the damn door for them (laughs) if they yell at you just smile and say god bless and move on because and and women let me tell you something most men who open the door for you want nothing in return yeah they don't want your phone number they don't want to ask you out they don't want Mm -hmm. to talk to you they're just being nice they're being nice because they see somebody running to the door so they're going to Mm -hmm. hold the door open for two extra seconds and they're going to walk walk on for the rest of the day just say thank you or don't say anything at all it it, it doesn't have to be this thing you know and 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 girls if you're in a relationship right now and your man isn't opening the door for you you need to rethink your priorities (laughs) let me just tell you you need to to break break up with him um one one last question i have for you about just about all this um you know because i i feel like well well i think that you can probably recover from this without any sort of intervention from from the big man upstairs we do have a lot of people who are listening who aren't yeah religious and aren't you know you know aren't into that christianity stuff um it just so happens that two christians are are talking about this openly um do you know of any resources that people can look into for people you know someone who's like listening to me like oh my god i'm addicted to porn i need some help uh do you know of any any organizations or anything that could help yeah i sent you some links but yeah so there's um so there's by the new drug which i mentioned um they're a non- profit, non-religious affiliated organization and stuff. So they basically talk about all they give you is the facts and the firsthand accounts of the dangers of pornography and human trafficking. So um, they're not coming at it from any religious point of view. They're not coming at it, you know, anything about that. They're just giving you the information and the statistics of how dangerous it is or what's going on with it. So, and they'll let you decide with the information that you've been given, you know, mm-hmm. so you at least given, given something to help you get out of this um, and then there's another website I told you about Path to Freedom, where um, it is a religious affiliated organization, but they're mainly dedicated to helping girls and young girls get out of the sex trafficking industry, whether they were exposed to it at eight years old, and that's all they've ever known. And they don't know how to get a job or if they don't have any degrees or anything like that. And it's dedicated help getting women out so you can make donations. They have a whole bunch of resources on their website where if you want to see uh, first-hand accounts of girls talking about it and stuff. Um, it's just, it was a really good resource for me and to kind of like look at it and for my sister getting exposed to it when she was doing the, um, the, uh, the dress Ember campaign and she raised all that money. It was so enlightening to see 
my sister do that because that's that was someone I looked up to. I looked up to all my sisters. I look up to, to all my sisters and to see that and to see her care about this, that you don't have to struggle with pornography to know that that that's a problem, that that that's that all of this is a problem. Um, I'm trying to find the other one. So if I'm hesitating, bear with me. But I think Polaris there was another Project? link that Yeah, yeah. Um, that organization does both. I don't think it's religion affiliated, but it brings in so many people who've been impacted by porn addiction, sexual trafficking, and they give them the first-hand accounts of what it was like for them to be in it. And most of the time they didn't even know that they were in it. They just, they got paid for it or that was a situation that they were in and they just accepted it as life. Yeah. Um, so there's so many, there's so many like resources to turn to and ask and stuff like that. And I know when you're openly talking about your addiction with pornography or, Hey, I've, I can't get this out of my head. And I see people as, as this instead of actual human beings, um, then I understand there's so much shame with that, but I promise you, if you go to someone you trust, if you go to a therapist, if you go to your pastor, if you go to someone you care about or cares about you, they're not going to come at you with an angle of shame or guilt. They're not going to make you feel bad because at the end of the day, we've all struggled with something that we're not proud of and that we've fallen into. And you know, you know, the people that care about you the most will not judge you for your past mistakes or anything that you did, but they'll want to be able to help you. Uh, they're probably not going to, they're not going to hold your hand the, the, along the way, but they're going to give you the ability to help yourself in mm-hmm. a sense, not coming from like a religious point of view. Christians is a whole different story, but it's the same situation. Essentially, if people care about you. They want you to get better. They want you to be free of this since there's so much baggage and so much blame to be put on. Um, and as like a, just a side note, what pornography has had on my impact, I like I said, I never actually watched it like on illegal websites, but it was Netflix and it was accidentally or picking up a book thinking that it was good when there was so much like smuttiness from what big book talkers say i know I it's love a that funny word, word. i know and it's gonna be in your new vocabulary now um but being exposed to this at such a young age sadly and being too ashamed to tell my family members i think i maybe told my mom and then i told a few close friends of mine because i have really bad anxiety so needing to talk to us to somebody helps with comprehending this but because i was exposed to so much of this and it was so normalized i got to a point where i couldn't trust guy friends mm-hmm. so i could trust my girlfriends like lady friends like because it's like all that but if if i had a close guy friend and this was a really bad thing in high school too like if i had a close guy friend that i i trusted it's just i could not wear a two-piece bathing suit around them and if I was left in a room by myself with them, I would feel uncomfortable. And it was not my guy friend's fault. It was the, it was, I was exposed to this at 12 and I grew up in a culture that over-sexualized everything. And to make it seem like, you know, all guys want from you is this, you know, is, is, is X, Y, and Z. Um, and so 99% of the time, my guy friends were amazing. I had really supported, really loving guy friends. I don't think any, really any of them understood what I was going through. Cause again, I wasn't really open about it in high school. I was ashamed of it, but I let the culture of normalizing pornography and sexual content control how I view my relationships, my guy friends to a point where I felt uncomfortable being in a car with them by themselves. And I, when I deep down, I trusted them, 
But in my mind, I just saw so much stuff that I couldn't get out of my head. It ruined relationships for me with, with people. And I just want to tell you, if you've listening and you're struggled with this or anything like that, it's, I promise they will not shame you for struggling with this. Like I mentioned before, it's an uphill battle and it's really hard to fight, but every single day you are fighting to get better and to do better. And I, and I promise like, you do not need to rely on seeing this to live your life and to love the people you care about because my shame prevented me from talking to people I cared about and my shame prevented me from seeing people I trusted as people that I should trust, not people that the cult, my culture has told me that they're like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, and to, to be fair, I understand people like, I, I understand the pressure that you might've felt to be a, you know, afraid or nervous around your guy friends because you assume that if you're taking in this content that they're taking in the similar content, you know, mm-hmm. and they're like, you know, cause almost every scene out there is like, Oh, my friend, whatever. Let's, you know, what, whatever it's yeah. don't, don't be, don't be ashamed of what you guys are going through because like, like you said, everyone's gone through something, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and girl, I'm assuming, I'm assuming it's safe to say this, that if there's a girl out there that, you know, need someone to talk to, they can probably reach out mm-hmm. to you. Um, yeah. you know, and guys feel free to hit me up if you guys need, you know, someone to, to chat with you. I got great resources, uh, as well as for, for people who can actually help out. I, I'm, I, you know, all I can do is encourage you to, to mm-hmm. clean up. Um, I wanted to, to take a few minutes here and just kind of talk about something else that was on this slide that I found interesting. There's two things I found interesting on, on your slides yeah. outside of the, uh, th- this, really heavy <laughs> conversation <laughs> uh, which by the way thanks for being so open and honest about it but um one yes. of them was that you you, you play piano yeah I and, do. and you you like to construct or, or i guess deconstruct whatever uh songs on the, on the piano and i'm i'm also a little bit of a musician i don't i'm not like good but i play guitar <laughs> uh, i know four chords i can play any of the worship it. songs that's all i need um but briefly real quick if you can tell me a little bit about about that and then i also know that you're into photography yeah so i'll do the piano thing first but so i grew up playing instruments and stuff i played the piano for at least 13 years i took lessons for like 12 years of my life it's been a really good outlet creative outlet for me and i love playing songs that i'm passionate about i think i played do you know who now niall horan is he's a singer i know niall very well yeah so i've I've worked uh, with him (laughs) <laughs> so um i played i think pearl love on me find piano and that was a beautiful piece and so i can read sheet music and all those things um my piano teacher god bless her soul she had to be so patient with me because i think i was add when i was a young child um but i think i did i have this really big passion for music i love i think it's a very healthy way to um cope or process certain things and playing the piano has always been so fun with to me I can sit on a piano for like hours if you let me playing just a random song or figuring out the chords to a certain song. Um, I'm terrible at the guitar. I started learning like a year and a half ago and God bless my guitar teacher. He's also very patient with me, but um, it's it's something that I, I love. And I think music is a really good way to get people connected with one another. And I love, I love um, music. Um, and yeah, photography, I do is it like a side side thing. I do it for my job. I take pictures for my youth group and for my church. And I just love the idea of taking pictures and editing them and capturing a moment with just a photo. Cause I just love the idea of taking pictures of, of a moment and telling a story through it. Um, it might be maybe my work, God willing, if it goes that direction, but right now it's just a creative outlet and I've gone into film photography and just regular digital, but it's something I really enjoy. Awesome. 
I love it. Well, Becca Erickson, uh, thank you so much for your time. Um, tell everybody where they can where they can reach out to you on social media, follow you, support the uh, the movement of of freeing people from this. Yes. So um, I have an Instagram or Facebook if you're an older person, but uh, my Instagram is <laughs> I listen. I have a, it's okay. It's fine. But my Instagram is Becca underscore Ellen. Uh, it's B E K A H underscore E L L E N. Ellen's my middle name. Um, but yeah, so that's my Instagram. I have a Twitter, but I hardly use it. Uh, I think the best way to reach out to me, (laughs) I think the best way to reach out to me is probably my Instagram, but I post, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm very open and honest and very vulnerable about like a lot of things. So, um, you can find me on social media. I have a TikTok, but I don't know if it's, if it's good quality. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I just put stuff on because I can and I have time. So it's not something I, it's my job. Um, But I think my my TikTok is the same as my uh, Instagram and stuff like that. If you find Instagram and on TikTok, then message me and I'll send you the link. But I love to have a conversation with you. I love being honest and real with people and I just love helping one another out. So. Love it. Thanks. Thanks for doing this. That was an incredible conversation. Uh, Becca Erickson, thank you so much for, for just taking the time to, to chat with some random stranger from the internet and uh, just making things happen. It was a great conversation. I really appreciated the chat and the honesty. And if anybody is listening to this, is struggling with addiction to porn or addiction to anything in general, or you know, if you uh, are somebody who is, is in a situation that you just need some help and resources, reach out. I will try to connect you with Becca or somebody um, who can help you in your situation, whatever that may be. Uh, this has been the Ruben J Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will chat with you guys next week. So make sure to be subscribed. And make sure to turn on your notifications. Turn on your notifications. Just, just do it. Do it now. Uh, and then in, in the description, there will also be a link to, to enter your email address. So that way you can get emailed when this episode comes out. Okay? All right. Cool. Adiós.